It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Hello, all. Welcome to Divas That Care Network. I am Joyce Benning, and I will be your host for this invigorating, robust lifestyle show. I want to thank each one of our listeners today for tuning in. I'm very grateful for each one of you. And I am so excited today to have a returning diva with me, Jeannie Jablonski. And she is going to speak about healing trauma in animals. Oh, my. This will be really interesting, and we will all learn a lot. Jenny, could you please introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself today? Sure. Hi. Thank you, Joyce, so much for inviting me back to the show. <clears throat> I live you are so just outside of – oh, thank you so much. I, I live just mm-hmm. outside of Prescott, Arizona. And um, I work with both humans and animals, but I am well-known for working with traumatized animals. I work with primarily horses and dogs, um, but I have also worked with goats and chickens and birds and even fish, to be honest. So the, the, the thrust of my work is in helping people to achieve a, a closer uh, relationship with their animals and to help people understand why or how their animal might be carrying trauma, whether it belongs to the animal or whether the animal is taking it on uh, from humanity at large or specific people in the household. And I'm able to communicate with the animals to help them understand uh, healthier boundaries, energetically, et cetera. So that's Uh that's what I do. I love it. It's it's life-changing for both people and animals. Oh, wow. Oh, that sounds incredible. And what a reward to be able to help both the animals and the humans in their journey together. Oh, that is that would be a very rewarding career, Jenny. Oh, I love that. Well, can you please share a little bit with our listeners on how you go about healing the trauma in these animals? Well, in the same way that I work with people, I do not consider myself a healer. I do not approach people or animals as if they are cars and I am able to fix them. I want to make that clear at the outset. What I do is I'm able to help people become more self-aware, humans as a soul, animals as a soul, help them become more energetically aware of the consequences of thoughts and energies and attachments and beliefs help us remember how 
our daily life or interactions with others affect our own energy. And I apply the same principles of energetic self-awareness for humans to animals. That was actually a request made of me by the soul family of horses after I had experienced a near-death experience. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 the crux of it, really, if I were to just distill it down, how can a listener help their own animal? Maybe they can't afford the services of someone like me, or maybe they don't necessarily want to engage in clairvoyance animal communication, intuition, but they would, they love their animal and they would like to help their animal. What we can do is look at this from the perspective of what HeartMath teaches us, that we are um, biological electromagnetic beings, that our hearts beat and create an electromagnetic field around us that the quality of our heartbeat is based on our current thoughts, feelings, emotions, and even not only the nervous system, our neurology, but our gut as well. (laughs) There's neurology in, in the stomach and the digestive process. Now, when we are in distress or experiencing stress, or highly emotional, that actually affects the heart rhythm and what heart math refers to as heart rate variability. The coherence or consistency of the beating of the heart. And so how I work in simplest terms is to help people clear away by providing them messages that I perceive from their own energy field, help animals clear away the debris or the distorted energies that are affecting their heart rate variability. And so... HeartMath talks about breathing and focusing on our heart. Animals can do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Now, if you would like to have a more esoteric conversation, which I would love, we can talk (laughs) about this um, from a more esoteric perspective. But again, for someone who wants a simple, logical tool, How can I help my animal? I really don't want to talk to a communicator. I just love my animal and I don't want them to suffer. Then listening to some heart math recordings, breathing, getting our heart rate into a coherent rhythm and exchanging love and gratitude and asking for grace the light of grace to to surround our animal, that is very effective. I don't often recommend um, sending love because often many of us are are traumatized 
and our ideas of love are are very distorted, um, codependent, controlling, narcissistic, what have you. And that mm-hmm. energy is generated within us if we are experiencing or have experienced that if we haven't healed a lot of trauma. However, breathing into the heart space, centering ourselves, sharing our direct experience and relationship, um, gratitude with our animals, um, sending them thoughts of love, thoughts of health, thoughts of balance, that can be very effective. Oh. oh, that was beautiful. I love that. That was, I love the giving them the gratitude. And from what I'm kind of hearing, it kind of starts with the human. You have to go inside yourself and find your, find your breath and your, your heart and where you're at and be grateful and be grateful to this animal, showing them the gratitude that we talk about to show to people, show it to animals just like you do to people. Oh, that is just beautiful, Jenny. I love that. Now, you talked a lot about energy fields. Do you feel healing trauma, be it in animals, be it in humans, has a lot to do with the energy fields within our bodies and the animals' bodies? Yes, our energy field is basically a blueprint or a database of everything that we have experienced in our life. And those experiences are either processed and or reconciled and filed away properly, or they are unprocessed experiences, unprocessed memories where we have an extraordinary or even a slight amount of emotion or judgment attached to memories. And that creates a little bit of distortion in our energy field. It can create uh, random, unexplained pain. It can create emotions, sadness for no reason. Um, It can trigger, these types of energies can trigger us to feel, pardon me, to feel and act certain ways that um, we might mm-hmm. consider undesirable. It's interesting, mm-hmm. with traumatized animals, dogs, um, even cats, horses, uh, are domesticated animals, the trauma of animals can often reflect the trauma of owners. Mm-hmm. So, some animals come into our life for a reason to help us realize that we have to undertake the same healing journey as the animal. Now, there are at least two primary um, distinctions between an animal's behavior and a human and and whether or not that behavior is a reflection of human behavior. So, for example, um, if an animal, like, for example, we'll pick a dog. If a dog is very protective of a human all of the time, in all circumstances, at home or away from home, whether it be male, female, young, old, 
known person or unknown person, then then it's more likely that that dog has the need to protect, the desire to protect, uh, believing that it's their responsibility to protect or fear in their own experience. If the mm-hmm. dog is protective of the person only when <clears throat> or, or uh, let's say, aggressive or off-putting to other people, only when the owner is in the room, but when the owner leaves the room or the owner maybe excuses themselves to the restroom at the dog park and leaves the dog in the care of others, if the dog's behavior immediately changes and the dog is no longer aggressive or off-putting to other strangers or people that it knows when the owner is not present, then that's an indication that the animal is behaving as a reflection of the fear of the person themselves. So we have to really break this down and determine whether or not it is the the animal acting on their own beliefs, instincts, or trauma, or if the animal is simply reflecting the trauma that exists in the human's energy field. Does that make sense? Oh, yes, very much so, very much so, because dogs are so connected to their owners. I mean, they know what's happening, in my belief they do. They know their owners probably better than the owners know themselves sometimes <laughs> is how I feel with the dogs. And uh, I can understand that completely, how they – that was a very good way to explain it because then it kind of tells what how the dog is reacting and if it's through the owner or different ideas. That was great. Yes, that explained it very well. Well – Do you see a lot like in rescue animals, be it a dog or be it a horse that has been rescued and has maybe gone through some trauma, does the energy of that trauma sometimes reflect out in pain in that animal where they deal with some different issues like maybe it's the trauma, the energy trauma is stuck somewhere inside their body and cannot flow through? Yes, uh, all the time, all the time. Um, This type of uh, unresolved, uh, whether it be a misunderstanding or an an experience of abandonment, and abandonment is something as simple as being removed from the mother at however many weeks old, which is not how organically or authentically that transition would take place in the wild. Change of ownership, um, being lost, it's being sold time and again. Um, Those types of wounds can create many different energetic results, energetic consequences, not the least of which is creating energy blocks in their feet preventing them from being able to ground to the earth, which is generally speaking an oversimplified comment here, but 
generally mm-hmm. speaking, how animals release energy, release excess energy to the earth, uh, which is one reason why it is so important for animals to, domesticated animals to get out and walk and have their feet on the earth. Animals that, um, you know, are sort of carried around in a purse or never leave an apartment except mm-hmm. to pee, you know, um, it, right. it, 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 it's, they don't have a lot of opportunity to come into contact with the earth and release their energy. Um, but there are other reasons why there might be energy blocks in the feet. In fact, the meridians of the body terminate at the feet of animals, all four feet. And so any particular meridian that has a block in it or any particular chakra from a more Hindu Vedic perspective um, create a, a, an energy stagnation or lack of movement as opposed to using the word block in any feet or all feet. Now, other types of trauma, just like when humans experience trauma and we dissociate, animals also dissociate for a, a myriad reasons, not the least of which is trauma, including pain. So there are a lot of people who know that their animals have terminal illnesses or conditions that are painful, and they may or may not provide, um, you know, veterinary care or pain medicine. And at a certain point, it may seem as if the animal sort of levels out and they don't need more pain or, or there's this you know, grasping at the idea that the animal is doing much better or they seem to have improved, when in fact what has happened is because the nervous system and the, the consciousness is experiencing so much pain, the animal dissociates. And that happened to me through multiple near-death experiences. So I'm very aware that when our consciousness leaves the body, we no longer feel the pain associated with the body. And our consciousness can leave the body without dying. That's what um, uh, the shamans call soul loss. That's what mm-hmm. um, psychotherapists call wounded inner child. It's the part of us that fractured off, fractures off and is basically encased in fear or emotion or judgment, what have you. So animals often dissociate, which causes often aberrant behavior and or the misperception that the animal's pain is lessened. But the fact is that the soul just isn't in the body to feel the pain. There are other reasons as well. just mental mental anguish of an animal can cause them to dissociate. And dissociation opens all of us, human and animals, up to being at the effect of all of the energies floating across the world right now, which is not optimal for any of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Do you feel when the soul leaves like that, it makes – are they – are humans and animals more susceptible then to, like you said, the other energies that are flowing around? Yes. And, you know, put simply, you know, I've had experiences where I go to the dry cleaner or the grocery store or the car wash, and I just Uh cannot 
tell the difference between my sadness and other people's sadness. You know, or you're standing in line at Starbucks and all of a sudden you feel a little agitated. Well, what's that about? Well, if I haven't paid attention to my energy on any given day and I'm not doing some type of energy management practices, whether it be grounding or checking in or checking and releasing whether or not I've got um, uh, repressed emotions or unresolved energies, and I just sort of start walking around the world like I'm not really an energetic being, then yes, that can have consequences. And the same applies to animals. And this is the exact request that the horses made to me following my near-death experience. They Mm -hmm. said to me, we have guided you on your healing journey of overcoming trauma. And we would like you to translate all that you have learned in healing yourself, going on your own personal healing journey and overcoming trauma, PTSD, the excruciatingly painful effects of Lyme disease and other uh, musculoskeletal diseases that I had been diagnosed with. And we want you to apply that to animals because there is almost an utter lack of acknowledgement that animals can suffer too in the world of alternative animal medicine, alternative animal care, animal communication, etc. And so that was my primary directive in switching focus in my work from humans to animals. Wow. Wow. So the animals, the horses were the ones that told you this. Oh, that is just beautiful. Was that kind of like what you might call an aha moment in your life that led you in the direction where you needed to be going? Yes, because I had no knowledge of <laughs> of <laughs> really their suffering. I was just as unaware of myself as an energetic being you know, more than a decade ago, as most other people walking around the planet are. And, you know, medicine and pills are the cures for everything. (laughs) And um, I have learned over many, many years of, of travel and study and internship and personal experience, hundreds and hundreds of uh, personal energetic healing experiences and immersing myself in different um, spiritual modalities and perspectives about the human energetic construct that, in fact, we can heal many of our afflictions because many of them, not all, but many are a result of unforgiveness of others, unresolved experiences, a lack of trust, or lack of faith in ourselves. And again, this is really distilling it to very simplified language so that we can fit this in just a few minutes here. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, well, you're, you're doing a great job of explaining that because, wow, unforgiveness, unresolved problems, trust, how how those all are so fitting in the lives we lead right now. And the animals, too. I mean, I see it in 
I have one horse that uh, we have really connected, and it's taken some time. He needed to learn to know me, and I needed to learn to know him. And trust is one of his things. He's he's led a little rougher life than some, and it's taken him a while to put his trust back into a human being again. And I I can totally understand it. And I it's such a good feeling to me when that trust is built back again. So, oh, yes, that is a great way to simply explain to people the different ways that uh, trauma through these ways can be held in the body of the animals as well as the humans. Wow. That is now, that is quite something. There's another... Thank you. There's another dimension to the experience of animals or another perspective as well. And mm-hmm. that is that animals, being divine, infinite beings of light, having very similar thoughts, feelings, and emotions to us, actually also possess psychic senses and abilities as well. Clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience, claircognizance. I work with animals all the time who tell me and show me the things they see happening in the house, that maybe dead Aunt Mary is hanging around the baby's room, and that's why the baby monitor falls on the floor all the time. You know, animals can be fonts of information as regards to what is going on in the household that is unexplainable that is not perceivable in our ordinary reality. And sometimes I work with animals who are highly reactive and just listening to them and hearing them discuss the nature of their abilities and what they see and what they perceive helps them to change their behavior, especially when they're able to manage or create boundaries around the abilities they have. I recently had a horse client from Central California call me and say, there's something wrong with my horse. She hasn't lain down in two years. And I said, well, she's showing me that uh, one of her friends passed away about two years ago. And the woman said, yes, that's true. And I said, well, the soul of the animal that passed away did not transition to the other side fully that there's a part of the soul of the animal that passed away connected to her hip and her hindquarters, and that's why the animal is fearful of lying down. And we helped that soul to transition fully, and the woman walked outside. Within an hour, the horse was laying down and has laid down every day since. It's been about six months. Oh, wow. But for two oh. years, this poor mare <laughs> hadn't, wasn't able to lie down. Oh, wow, That that's incredible. Oh, and what a great feeling to be able to help that mare so she could lie down again and feel comfortable and release that. Oh, that was, wow, that's incredible. I love that. <laughs> well, this interview has gone so quickly. Oh, my goodness. I I am overwhelmed. This was just so much fun and you gave us so much great information. I just loved it. Do you have any final tips you would like to leave with our listeners for today? Well, I think we all um, can would benefit from 
taking charge of our own energetic environment in our home mm-hmm. and our own uh, body, our own energy field through any energy management pro- process, something as simple as yoga or Tai Chi or Qigong, becoming aware of the ways in which we can create um, or stimulate our energy levels by bringing in new life force energy into our energy field and by releasing the stagnant energy. <clears throat> There's also a tremendous value in forgiveness. So um, all of us, many of us have lived, <clears throat> pardon me, you know, challenging life. Mm-hmm. And if we mm-hmm. are able, pardon me, uh, the uh, clearing my throat and the Energy must just be lifting here from this conversation. I apologize. <laughs> Normally when I'm working with another animal or human, I might, um, and I know this is unfortunate, but I might burp or clear my throat, and I apologize. Uh-huh. So um, uh-huh. That's okay. It's a, sign, it's a sign of moving energy through the conversation. Right. You know, there, there are ways that we can learn to become more self-aware and in doing that, we, in forgiving others, we increase our capacity to live a life of gratitude and to be more joyful. We, we create space within ourselves to bring in joy and experience more happiness. Oh, oh those are wonderful tips. Start, start with forgiveness and managing the energy and, all, and going back to gratitude. Wow, that was just beautiful. Well, I have to ask you, I have thought of so many more topics we need to to have more interviews and talk about. I'm hoping you will return to my show in the near future so we can cover some more information. I, you brought so many ideas to me while we, you were talking. I have a page full of notes here. I just loved it. It was great. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. I'm happy to return anytime. Okay. Well, sounds great. Thank you so much, Jenny, for sharing your wisdom and knowledge with our listeners today. And I know Jenny will be returning again, listeners, and please share her podcast today with all of your family and friends. And I want to thank each one of you listeners again for listening to this incredible interview with our amazing diva, Jenny Jablonski. And be sure to check out all their hosts and their shows on divasatcare.com. Have an absolute fantastic day. Remember, be kind to all and give your animals that great big extra hug and share your love with them. Until we connect again on Robust Lifestyles, stay strong and healthy. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.